as Grace Community Bible Church, we often pray uh, as, as leaders, where, where should our energy and efforts really be spent? Where are we going uh, as a church? What would the Lord have us to do? And the question I have for all of us this morning is this, where do we find answers to these questions? Do we ask um, successful uh, churches what the secret is? Do we attend conferences perhaps hosted by church growth experts? Do we borrow perhaps marketing strategies from business professionals that have been successful? Um, Do we pass out surveys in the neighborhood and ask what people want when it comes to church? How do we know what we're supposed to be doing? Where do we find the commission that we have as a local church? And the answer is this. We must go to the Word of God. We must go to the Word of God. And when we do that, we, we find out just how important it is to gather here as a church and to witness this ordinance of baptism today. Just how important that is in God's program for the church, in the commission of the church. So I want you to turn to find out what our great commission is as a church. I want you to turn to that place where Jesus talks about their great commission for the church. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. If you're visiting, there should be a pew Bible in front of you. The first book in the New Testament, turn to the book of Matthew, the last chapter, really the last words spoken by the risen Christ. And we'll read them. We'll start at verse 16 of Matthew chapter 28. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's it. That's the commission of the church. So let's unpack this text briefly under three headings. If you're not familiar here, if you have a bulletin, there's a bulletin insert if you want to follow along in the outline. Three headings. First, notice from Jesus' words to the church, right? Notice, number one, the assignment. Notice the assignment. Look at verse 20 again, uh, verse 19 Again, go, therefore, 
and make disciples of all the nations. The main verb here is not the going, but the main verb here is to make disciples. We are disciple-making disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the primary commission of the church. And just in case you're wondering, a disciple is synonymous with a Christian. A disciple is a Christian. A Christian is a disciple. A disciple is a learner. And with every learner, there's a teacher. There's a teacher and there's a learner. It's like an apprenticeship. Some of you have had jobs where you've taken apprenticeships to learn the trade or what have you. Uh, medical residencies are simply an apprenticeship, for example. It's where you're basically attached to. The learner is attached to the teacher. In that culture, they, they identified with the teacher, they learned from, they even lived with sometimes the teacher. There's no casual relationship in discipleship. It's not. A disciple, we're, we've been in the book of Luke for our visitors, and we've learned, we saw Matthew enter into discipleship last week. He left everything and he followed Jesus. And Luke speaks all about this discipleship, about how you take up your cross. You take up your cross and you follow Jesus. That's what discipleship is. It doesn't mean taking up your cross isn't just closing your mouth necessarily and bearing with hard times. That's not what that means. Taking up your cross is death. Taking up your cross is death to your old attitudes of pride and selfishness and envy. It's death and, and turning to follow Jesus in newness to, of life. That's what discipleship is. It's, it's radical. We're not called to pack the seats in this place with shiny people on the outside who know what to say on a Sunday morning. No. We're not called to stuff your heads full of head knowledge and go live like the world on Monday through Friday. No, we're called to make disciples. That's the commission of the church. Well, how do we know if someone is a disciple of Jesus Christ? Jesus makes it clear in John 8, 31. John 8, 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. So how does this church and every true church make disciples of Jesus Christ? The text gives three ways. The main command is to make disciples, Right? Three ways in this text. Number one, by going. By going. We carry out this commission by going to a lost and dying world. We preached on that last week. We are equipped here in the church to scatter and to go and to bring this message in our neighborhoods. And ultimately, this passage to the nations. To the nations. Every tribe, tongue, and people and nation in Sierra Leone and Spain and Bolivia and Malawi and Tanzania, Afghanistan, Israel, Jew and Gentile, every people, every nation, every religion must ultimately, in language, everyone must bend the knee to our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got 
to go. We've got to go to them with the news of Jesus Christ. And secondly, by baptizing. By baptizing. So first notice in the passage that go, therefore, okay, and make disciples, the main verb, make disciples. How? Baptizing them, after we go, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism, water baptism occurs typically at the beginning process of discipleship. And it's good that we're doing this today because if this is the commission of the church, then baptism is a big part of it. That's why it's mentioned first. Disciples of Jesus Christ are to be baptized. They're, they're to be baptized. Go and make disciples. Who do we baptize? Baptizing them. Who? The disciples. They ought to be baptized. Followers of Jesus Christ are commanded to be baptized here. Believers in Jesus Christ are commanded to be baptized here. And what that baptism does, it symbolizes what happened to them when they received the Word of God, when they trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ, turning from their sin, trusting in Jesus. At that moment, they died with Christ, and their sin was buried and removed and They rose up with Christ in newness of life. Listen carefully. Water baptism today that we will see symbolizes, it symbolizes the spiritual substance, the spiritual reality that occurred in the past when a person was baptized by the Spirit into Christ Jesus by faith. And what a picture it is, the powerful substance of conversion. So water baptism is an external sign, an outward testimony of the inward change that has already taken place in conversion when an individual receives the gospel and turns to Christ. Now in the Bible, water, and I'm praising God that it's 90, 96 degrees. In the Bible, water is often, however, a symbol for death, judgment, and chaos. In fact, Jesus said, listen to how he speaks of baptism here, by the way. Jesus says in Mark 10, 38, But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? The cup that Jesus would drink, the baptism which He would be baptizing in is referring to the cross of Calvary. When Jesus in six hours in His own body went under the waters of God's wrath, His judgment, His just judgment, for every single one of our sins. He was buried there, as it were. And he died under God's wrath 
paying the eternal penalty of our sin in his own body in six hours because he was God. He could finish it, and he did. He did not remain there, but he rose from the grave, and he left the waters of God's wrath behind. What a perfect picture is water baptism, is it not? What a perfect picture. Having been united to Jesus Christ through faith alone, if you're a believer here, you're safe in Him, and, and you came out of the waters of God's wrath, never to experience again condemnation. You came out, you were actually spiritually united with Jesus. When He died, you died. And when He rose, you rose. You're united to Him. And so those who are being baptized today are celebrating that they have died and risen with Jesus Christ through faith alone. It's a celebration. And they're able to say because of Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And they're able to say, hallelujah, what a Savior. And they're saying, I've decided to follow Christ. Walk with me. There's no turning back. And the church is commissioned then to baptize, the text says, in the name, singular, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus talking. Wow, Jesus has quite a view of Himself equating Himself to the Father and the Spirit in this passage. United to the triune God through faith alone. So if you're being baptized here, you, you ate, remember this is a big deal. And it's not a small thing. You're obeying the risen Christ, the risen Christ. You're not saved by this act. You're saved by Christ through the emptiness of faith. But you will be blessed for your obedience to the command of Christ in this passage. So, the church's commission to make disciples is not just going to preach the gospel and get conversions and subsequent baptisms. Third, we make disciples by teaching, by teaching, right? Look at the text. After baptizing, verse 20, teaching them, those who are baptized, to observe all that I have commanded you. Stop there. So, we, are, we ought to be a teaching church. We ought to be teaching all that Christ has commanded. Christ came speaking as the new Moses with authority. He came, and the words that he spoke were written down in the Gospels. And when they couldn't handle any more, they said, there's one coming, and you need him to come, the Holy Spirit, and he'll lead you into all truth. And he kept speaking the words of Christ. The Spirit inspired the words of the apostles, like Peter, James, and the apostles, Paul. And they wrote the New Testament Scriptures. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Teach them. Some of my all of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Grace Community Bible Church is commissioned to make disciples. How? By going. By baptizing. And then by teaching the word of Christ to them. And it's not going to be easy. 
and it will be opposed. Who is sufficient for these things? None of us are, and that leads us quickly to the second point. Okay? We've seen our assignment. Now look at the authority behind it. Look at verse 18 again. And Jesus came up. He's resurrected from the dead. He came up, and He spoke to the disciples, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, we don't go with our own wisdom and our own power. Because Christ has all authority, therefore, make disciples. Therefore, go. Don't be afraid. Baptize and teach because of the authority of Christ. How much authority does Christ have? Let me see. All authority. Where, where does he have this authority? Is it just Lakeville? You know, but hey, in this country, you know, no. He's given to me where? In heaven and on earth. That's a way of saying everywhere. So here's the authority of our risen Christ. All of it, everywhere. That's exciting. That's exciting. Because we go in the authority of Christ. And He is still alive. He stands now in His resurrected body. He has conquered sin. He has conquered death. He has crushed the head of the serpent named the devil on the cross of Calvary. And now, having risen and conquered, He has risen in all authority. And He commissions the church, not in the power of the flesh, but in the power of the risen Christ, to go and to make disciples Pastor Dan alluded to it in his prayer in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, being found in appearance as a man, speaking of Jesus, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is sovereign over the angels. He's sovereign over the weather. He's sovereign over this church. He's sovereign over every person. He has all authority over nations, over governments. He is the authoritative, sovereign, risen Christ. And therefore, we can go with a level of confidence. And we don't have confidence in ourselves. We have confidence in the risen Christ. We do not have to be afraid to share the gospel with that co-worker. It's the authority of Christ that we come and bear the name of the risen Lord with great hope and great confidence. And yet we're still afraid, truth be told, which leads me to my final point from this text. We've noticed the assignment We've noticed the authority. And finally, notice third in verse 20, the assurance. The assurance. I love this verse. Teaching them, verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Lord, I can't do it. I'm scared. I'm alone. No, no, you're not alone. Lo, that's as emphatic as you can get. Lo, wake up, listen. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How often is he with us? Always. How long? Even to the end 
of the age, the one with all authority everywhere, is with us always, even to the end of the age. What is always? You want to hear the translation of that literally? I love it. All the days throughout. All the days throughout. Literally all the day. So Jesus is not with us just on good days. He's not with us checking in once a week. He's not with us once a year on Christmas and then on Easter. He is with us all the day, 24 hours a day, even while he's asleep. The God of the universe with all authority in Christ is with us. He's with us. Every day, every 24-hour period, every hour, every minute, every second, the good the bad and the ugly of our life, He is with us. He is with us. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And it makes sense of Matthew. Matthew says there's one coming. He's going to be born in a manger. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the last word in the book of Matthew that forms a little bit of a beginning and end is this. And lo, I am with you. Emmanuel, God in the flesh, with us to the end of the age. That is the insurance, the assurance that we can carry out our commission as a church. So what is the commission of Grace Community Bible Church? Discipleship. How? By going, by baptizing, by teaching in the authority and the comforting presence of our risen Lord Jesus Christ. And so and today, you can see why I chose this passage. Because today we participate in that discipleship process. Really the beginning of discipleship and the ordinance of water baptism. Now, I just want to remind everybody, again, what baptism is. The baptism is, is the, the spiritual reality, the substance here, is the baptism or immersion into Jesus Christ by the Spirit. That's the real immersion that we all need, immersion into Jesus Christ by the Spirit. And we know from the New Testament very clearly, it's by faith alone. We're united to Jesus Christ and united with the church. This is a spiritual reality that occurred when you turned from sin and trusted in Jesus Christ. And the fitting symbol of this spiritual reality is water baptism. And I would say that those who stand before you here soon today uh, have met the criterion set forth for scriptural baptism. They testify to you today of changed lives after an experience of saving faith. They don't come here to, these, to this water to receive any grace to save them, but they testify of a grace already received in their souls by simple faith in the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will stand before you, however, in the obedience to the Lord's command from Matthew chapter 28. So I want you to rejoice this morning. This is a big day as we meditate on that amazing truth that baptism symbolizes. So, Linnea, Henry, Danny, Yana, Mark, Shelley, Chad, and Jeff. As you're baptized, remember, this signifies what the Lord did for you 
when you cried out in faith in the finished work of Christ. The old man then in the picture, it's as if the old man is lowered into the water, signifying our union with Christ and His death and judgment. I'm not going to leave a pinky out for the symbol. They're under, but will they stay there in Christ? Is He alive? And so also they will come up, right, and be able to hop out walking in newness of life. What a picture, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where it talks about in Romans 6 verse 4, we were buried therefore with Him by baptism into His death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And we celebrate that today. And we rejoice that by this act, not only are they testifying of a work that Christ has done in the past, but they are actually right now saying to you, I've decided to follow Christ. Walk with me. Pray for me. We are not in this alone. We need each other in this hard road home to heaven. So may God now richly bless our obedience to His Word.